Welcome to the Listics AFL podcast, where we analyze AFL list building, free agency, trade, and the draft. We're also working to help everyone achieve their best possible mental health, and we'd like to acknowledge our podcast partners, Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or you need to talk to someone, please contact the team at Beyond Blue. You can call them anytime on 1300 22 46 36, or visit them at the website at www.beyondblue.org.au. Now, without further ado, I'm John Van Norden. And I'm Sean Lewis, and it's Listics Podcast Time. Shawnee boy, Shawnee boy, Shawnee boy, these are in the granny. <laughs> hey, Johnny boy, how are you, mate? I'm well, mate. Um, I know that you're pretty nervous, but I don't think that I'm going as well as you at the moment. Um, congratulations on your D's making the making the big dance, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. Uh, the next two weeks aren't going to be are going to be fun, but I'm sure they're also going to be racked with uh, with nerves. Um, I'm not the uh, the best person to watch football. So at the best of times, um, I do carry my nervous energy through. Um, it's a bit of a habit from coaching and it doesn't really stop um, anymore. So um, I'm sure the next two weeks will be fun until I realize there's a game at the end of it and um, up against a very, very, very good Bulldog side. And, um, you know, uh, if you look on the balance of the season, um, I think probably the, the two teams that, that performed... Uh, um, across the full season, you know, right from the start, have ended up in the grand final. Um, although the dogs have had to do it the hard way after, um, I guess, the little trip up at the end of the year. But um, certainly, certainly have felt for the the whole season that the doggies were, were top two. Um, and yep. I think, I think it's going to be a cracker. You know, both both dismantled their opposition, um, came in with very clear set game plans. Um, yeah, it was great to watch. Uh, yeah, both no, games. Yeah, not if you're not if you're Geelong Port fans. Not if you're a Geelong Port fan. Um, what did what did you what did you make of Geelong Port after the game? Um, I really liked the you know the the Chris Scott and Ken Hinckley interviews where they both you know said they're hurting and you know now's probably not the time to answer some of the uh, the more leading questions from the from the media packs. Um, I thought that was. I just think coaches these days are a lot more savvy and, and everything, and, and I thought that was the right response. Um, you you don't want to do a, a an end of season dissection after you've just been flogged. Um, so, yep. you know, sitting there and and you know, I thought Chris Scott was uh, <laughs> distant to the media, but he you could see the emotion and the and the feeling there. And Ken Hinckley always wears his heart on his sleeve, so you could definitely see that there as well. So. Look, I, I thought in the cold light of day, um, there'll be some pretty uh, brutal conversations within those football clubs um, about the next step. I think they're both in very different positions. Um, and and I do have a question for you in a second. But yeah, um, I think they're both in very different positions. I think Port probably uh, need to ask the question about how they take the next step. Um, yep. uh, they've got probably... A, a, they've got a good mix of old and young. Their profile's pretty good for you know contending yep um whereas geelong probably on the other side they've obviously gone skewed old and um they will you know most likely you know best guesstimate is they've probably got one more year of having a real red hot crack um and then kind of what they do 
um, this off-season and how they set themselves up will probably guide um, what the next few years will look like. And I think that's a pretty obvious statement, but it is kind of, they're really at a, at a crossroads now as to whether, you know, yeah, what, 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 what do you do? So I guess that probably leads to my question. Um, you know, it's been the media beat ups already started, and and one of one of the um, uh, one of the guys on Twitter who we have a bit bit of interaction with, a guy called Josh. He he's posed the question that you know, um, they're what they've done has got them to you know seven preliminary finals in eleven years. So you can't say that what they've done hasn't worked. Yes, they haven't got over the line um, to win a flag, but you know, incredibly successful with how they've managed the list build. So the question I had, given that it's probably going to be the, the topic of the next few weeks, is um, over the last eight years, I guess, since they let Kelly and Chappie and um, Steve Johnson leave, um, and, and they probably after the danger trade, um, would they have been better off retaining their picks or continuing to... Well, they, look, they haven't they haven't really sacrificed a hell of a lot of picks, but would they have been better off not trading is probably the question uh, um, and bringing in guys to fill spots that you could develop youngsters through? Yeah. Um, would they have been as successful, do you think? And, and um, would that have led them to a more prolonged period of flag contention? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one um, uh, and hard to... We'll never know definitively because it just didn't happen. But uh, I'd say that probably a hybrid approach would have kept them um, contending, maybe not from top four all the time. Like they seem to be making a lot of prelims, but um, potentially from slightly further back, uh, but staying in the hunt. So, I mean, someone else posted a, a list of players that Geelong could have taken with their picks um, or... The picks, the what you call it, the the players that ended up being taken with those picks. Um, I know that Lever was one of them. Um, there were a few others that were really high quality um, prospects that would have. Oh, so who they are? Sorry, Lever, Malera, Jared Berry, Jack Graham, Will Powell, Lachlan Scholl, Jeremy Sharp, and then the most recent years where we wouldn't really know because they're too young, but. All of those players are best 22 players at the clubs that they ended up at. Um, and Geelong is like one of those players at the very least. Um, Will Powell, that was the Gary Ablett pick um, that Gary Ablett's not playing anymore and Will Powell would be in their best 22, no doubt about it. Um, would have provided a bit of spark in that back line as well. Um, so I think that the answer is yes and no. Um, they would have likely not performed as well. Um, but I think what they're dealing with is, as I said, this is a lot of hindsight bias in here because they, they didn't make the grand final and they haven't won one. Correct. But the teams that have won one have been in a better age profile than the Cats have for a while now. Cats probably were in the right position maybe between 2015 and 2018 when Danger was still in performance mode. And when I say performance mode, I mean midfielders that are really between 24 and 29 they're at the absolute prime of their career and you look at the western bulldogs they've got most of their midfield in that area same with um same with melbourne um most of their midfield their starting midfield at the very least sits right in that middle bracket um 
So why Geelong were at their best, yeah. Um, but I just don't think that Geelong have enough players, midfield players that are in that age bracket anymore. They're all sort of sitting over 30 so yep. or close, close to. So, yeah, they probably should have taken the hint uh, when they lost to Melbourne in 2018 and topped up with youth. They could have still made finals this year and could have still contended, but um, trading picks for senior players like Stephen and Higgins and those Jenkins doesn't seem to have worked out for them. Jenkins, I don't think I lost to pick for. Yeah, yeah, and I think so. Look, they haven't paid a lot for some of the guys they've got in, um, and I think that's a fair point, but it's what does it do to your youth? I mean, they have still taken quite a few picks, um, but, you know, you've got guys like Clark and Narkel and Kruger and, you know, these were guys that, um, you know, we just don't know, and I think that's the problem. And 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 it's where the it's where hindsight. Like we can sit here and say they should have done this, they should have, but it's not it's not the case. They had a strategy, they followed it, and I'm completely fine. Like I, I don't agree with what they did. I would have liked to have seen them top up with youth, um, and yep. and and you know really try to develop. And I think in a in a hard way, they're also the COVID. These lost two COVID years are going to hurt Geelong particularly with, obviously their last two drafts. Like their their guys and just not getting a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, Chris Scott made a point saying, you know, their their early run in the, you know, in the late noughties, where they they picked up a couple of flags. You know, that some of those guys all started in the VFL and. You know, Chris Scott's point's valid and it's fine. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of VFL or Southeast seconds I, competition this year. Yeah. And last year there was none. So I think I think at the very least, like when you look at picks like and this is nitpicking, but picks like Higgins and Steven, over thirties midfielders that you paid a pick about pick thirty four for both of those guys. Um, that's a mid second round pick. And those guys were both taking up the spots of somebody, say Narkle. Say Narkle now has an extra 40 games under his belt. He probably would have been a best 22 player. Or maybe Cooper Stevens has 40 games under his belt by now. Or you did well at the draft or you traded one of those 30s picks for a Will Setterfield or a Matt Kennedy from Carlton when they were sitting in the twos. Like you went and attracted a player at 23 that could maybe contribute to your best 22 rather than at 33, yeah. um, which is probably the, the the misstep. Yeah. I guess probably the final question before we jump into what we're doing um, is is what what's the lesson, I guess, for clubs today? So we've obviously got West Coast are probably at a similar crossroads. Um, Richmond in a few years will be in this position, um, although they do have some reasonable kind of talent under 25 as well. But I'm imagining, you know, some of their more critical players are now starting to get up there in age. What, what's the what's the takeout? You know, is it worth topping up for contention and, and always being in the conversation? Or, or do you, like you said, the hybrid approach, you know, where you dip in the draft and then maybe pick up a, you know, a free agent or players that don't cost you much. But, you know, don't what's know. the... What's I the? Know. I mean, I, I don't. I, I maybe maybe it's too early to get a lesson from this because people have been saying, you know, Geelong is going to be seeing this epic cliff and going to the dark ages because of their lack of development. But we just don't know that yet. Like, say Geelong in seven years' time is just as good, and they went to the draft and they did really well and they rebuilt. Maybe you can sustain 
um, if you then go really hard. And, and that's what I guess I don't know right now is that I think West Coast could well and truly go and get some more senior players and have one one or two last cracks while they've still got Josh Kennedy and Shannon Hearn and these guys fully within their rights. They'll probably make top eight. They'll probably contend and maybe they'll win some finals and maybe they'll be in contention for it all. I wouldn't have said that. I mean, Geelong probably prior to um, their loss were a, what, maybe like a $3.50 chance for the flag before that game. That's a pretty like that's pretty good. Like you would t- at the start of the year, if you could end up in a position where you're in the top four and you're having a crack, that's awesome position to be in. So, I think that you can. You just you have to do it probably what Geelong did, commit one way or the other. Yeah, like and Geelong. That's okay. Yeah, Geelong. Geelong may have stuffed themselves longer term. We don't actually know that yet. We'll see. But they at least did the right thing by committing to a direction and then sticking to it and seeing it through. It just ultimately didn't work. And and that's and you you bang on like that's where clubs muck it up when they don't quite get to where they want to get to so they clear clear the decks and they start again they hit the reset button and like that that's you know that's the issue that's facing Carlton right now you know um, but yeah you're 100 percent right yeah. good well, little yeah. tie look good oh yeah you go yeah no I was gonna say like Melbourne's a great example of that because after the year after losing to West Coast. Um, when West Coast won the flag um, and then falling down the ladder, they didn't throw away everything. They went and fixed things. They brought in a couple of really exciting young players. They went and targeted Ben Brown the following year, who's a $60 a year forward. And they, things went, that, they went and got Stephen May? Well, Stephen May was Stephen May was before that. Stephen May was in the year that... Um, uh, he, would, he wasn't 2018. He was oh, he was... Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. So he was in the year, you got him at the start of the year and then you fell to the bottom with him. But yes, that was yes. second year, him in the side. I mean, you went and got some players that addressed some needs. Tomlinson, he's been injured, but Tomlinson was one of those. So I'd say that Melbourne has done the right thing by continuing on the direction and trusting that the process will work. Um, and all of these clubs that we're about to talk about today are clubs that are going through a process right now. So um, we sort of well, hinted... That's how I was going to tie in and just say it's probably, you know, for, for Geelong looking at two, two almost, or actually you could almost argue all three, three of the four clubs we're about to talk about is a good indicator of, of you know, what happens with prolonged success and, and how big the rebuilds are going to, you're going to face um, if, if you can't somehow squeeze some, some um, kind of 23, 25-year-olds into that side to carry you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing the reset. But, you know, the teams in North Melbourne, you know, they had the chance to hit the reset when they, they let um, Brent Harvey go and stuff. And then they kind of outperformed themselves and, you know, probably prolonged their rebuild by another three or four years. Um, Collingwood salary cap crunch has probably caused their fall, but... Again, you know, that's for prolonged success. Um, and Hawthorne, you know, being up there since 2008 with only very, very few times dipping, you know, outside of the eight or and very rarely into the bottom four. Um, and, you know, they're, they're now finally starting with a new coach and having a proper rebuild. So, you know, th- there is the potential that they end up as one of these clubs we're about to talk to, talk about. Um, yep. but yeah, it's, it's, it's every- great... There's Sorry, every chance go. they're going to be the the, the premiership winners next year. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great point because those these four clubs that we're looking at right now is the 
um, the price of success and then rebuilding. Um, and potentially there's four other clubs that will potentially, I mean, one has already joined them once, but will potentially join these guys over the next few years, which is um, Geelong, West Coast, Sydney, um, those three clubs in particular, and then Richmond after that. Like those four clubs will be the next four that will have their end of their period of success and potentially transition back down the ladder. I think you'll find Sydney will keep performing with the youngsters that they've got. Don't know. Don't know. I know that they've had the benefit of the um, the academy supporting them, but I don't know about that. I think that they're still held together by their senior players. Um, anyway, let's focus on these four, play, uh, four clubs. So what we're yep. going to do today um, is a bit of a condensed format uh, where we look at what we normally look at. So age profiles of clubs, uh, where their best players sit, what their structures look like, uh, and what they should be going for in the off season. Yeah, and we've dropped we've dropped the off contracts because we've already hit the off season, and clubs are already starting to make changes. So we're just and we did an off contracts episode as well. We did, we did do that for a lot of key players. Um, and on top of that, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly probably less relevant for these guys. Um, being in the bottom is not a good place. Um, so it's it's um, there's no point repeating about it. Although. Collingwood's an interesting one, and Hawthorne and Carlton as well, with civil war in the boardroom. But um, starting off, so the way we're going to do it is we're going to cover the four sides, and we'll cover them all at once. So we'll have um, direct comparisons, so you'll be able to see kind of we're trying to illustrate where clubs actually sit in terms of the rebuilding cycle for these four clubs, um, and then as we move through where they place differently in each cycle. So. Um, starting with Adelaide, so this year, average age across the list was 23.6, um, or the youngest list in the AFL, um, closely followed by North Melbourne, 23.7, um, who were the next youngest. Um, Collingwood sat as the 12th youngest overall at 24.2 years, and Hawthorne were middle pack at 24.4. Um, so again, you can see very clearly straight away from the ages, um, North and Adelaide, who started their rebuild two, three years ago, their their ages are telling us they're at the bottom now. So now it's, now it's time for them to build back up. Average games-wise, 54 for Adelaide, which is 16th overall. Um, North Melbourne, 56.8, so 14th. Um, Collingwood, 62.6 or 11th overall. Um, again, so they're all low. But surprisingly, uh, or I guess probably unsurprisingly really, um, Hawthorne, 67.2, which actually ranks them sixth in the AFL Yeah, um, on a whole list. This is all whole list. Probably not best 22 week to week. They're probably a little bit different. But, um, I mean, you take out Sean Burgoyne, they probably drop a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. they, they would still, they'd still be top eight for, uh, for average games. So there's still a list that's got a lot of older players. And I think that's really highlighted in the demographics next. So, um Looking at players over 30, so Adelaide have five, five for North, seven for Collingwood and seven for Hawthorne. 26 to 30 bracket. So that's that's kind of that where you want your senior players to really be contending in the AFL. So it's nine for Adelaide, 10 for North, nine for Collingwood and 11 for Hawks. Um, and then 22 to 26 bracket, you've got 11 Adelaide, 13 for North, nine for Collingwood and 14 for Hawthorne. Yeah, it's worrying, isn't it, that the three oldest brackets have North have put the highest, I mean, Hawthorne have put the highest number for all three. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then this one's the the one that really illustrates it. So under 22 players, um, you've got Adelaide with 21. So 46% of their list is under the age of 22 at this moment in time. So start of next season might be slightly different. North, 16. Collingwood, 19 with 43% of their list. And Hawthorne, only 14 players under 22. So you can see in terms of the rebuild, Hawthorne probably have a few of the over 30s and 26 to 30s to transition and bring in a few more under 22 still. So they've still got a little bit further to, to change over the list. And I'm not saying that's a performance slip back, but it's, it's a changeover of experience. When you start looking at the game's totals, um, Adelaide over 30, they've got about 38% of their games there. North, 36%, 35-36. Collingwood, 45% in over yep. 30s. And Hawthorne, um, about 40%. So you can see there's a little bit of a gap between them. Um, and then when you go 26 to 30, it's 41 at Adelaide, 39 for North, um, 33 for Collingwood. So that's a bit better. They've obviously transitioned a few players out. But again, it's almost 40%, 39.2% for Hawthorne. So that's yeah, almost 80% above. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that top part of their list, 22 to 26, it's 11% for Adelaide. 20% for North, so that's a good sign. Obviously, they've got a lot of young midfielders, so that's good. 17 for Collingwood, again, not too bad. And and 19 for for Hawthorne. So, look, I don't mind Hawthorne having 19. That's a good sign in that bracket. So, hopefully, they've got a bit of development coming through. Under 22, a whopping 10% for Adelaide. Yep. Um, North, 6.5. Collingwood, 4.5. And Hawthorne sitting down at just over 2%. And sorry to everyone if they don't add up to 100%. I've been kind of rounding as I go on. I can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> some might be 99, some might be 101. So I apologize. I've just been rounding. We've got actual figures here in front of us. But Just just looking at that as well, I mean, it, it sort of shows because I would have said North went on the rebuild a year before Adelaide as well. And it probably attacked the draft a few more times that Adelaide have. So... When you, when you look at them having that 19% of their games between 22 and 26 or not almost 20% of their games, that's because they've got guys like um, LDU and Simpkin and, and other players like that who are sitting in that bracket and are, and are playing football week in, week out when they're not injured. So yeah. um, they're probably the side that you would most expect to be furthest through their rebuild. Um, and when, when, I, when when you start to look, so if we, we yeah, want to talk, like, talk about those players in that bracket, you've got LDU, you've got um, they brought in Aiden Bonner, they brought in Jaden Stevenson. So Bonner may yep. not turn out, but Stevenson's a week to week game. Zerha yep. is is a regular. Nick Larkey, Jai yep. Simpkin, Ben yep. McKay, yep. you know, and even Kane Turner's in there as well. But I think he he. Uh, he might be 25 or maybe... He'll be 26, I think, at the start of next year. So, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, so you, you start to look and you go, you know, in that bracket, they've got a lot of great players. And then, you know, just, just you know, beneath that, you've got guys like Taron Thomas at, you know, just a bit over 21. Um, they've got um, R2, who they brought in. I'm not going to wreck his Phillips. surname. Um, yeah, so, so you kind of look and you go, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so... 
Yeah, you're right. I think I think North did start a little bit earlier, but it also probably highlights the the transition that, that Collingwood and and, the, and Hawks need to make. Um, yeah. I think it's really good for the Hawks that they do have a lot in that in that kind of um, twenty two to twenty six bracket. So these are guys like Moore, Dugowie, Maynard. Um, they got Cal Brown, Josh Dacos. You know, some some really nice players for the future there that will take them forward for a long time. Um, it's probably more going to be what the impact of the trades they've made this year. Uh, well, last year, I should say, how they're going to impact them moving forward. So, yep. Um, um, but then, I mean, just to... Do you to, a breakdown or you want to um, analyse a bit? I was just going to say that probably the one comparison I just wanted to give to, you know, so we've talked about North and Collingwood, you know, Adelaide in the same bracket have Tom Doty, um, Wayne Malira, uh, Lockie Murphy, probably the main, and Ben Keyes. So they don't have a lot of in that bracket, but you look beneath that and they've got a lot of future players there. But the Hawks in that same age bracket, really when you look at it, um, they've got Phillips, Howe and Hardwick. Um, Cousins has just been delisted. Jack Scrimshaw, James Warple, um, Mitch Lewis. No, Sicily's 26 years old, so he's wow. just crossed over. Okay. Um, so look, it's not as if they haven't got decent players in there, and and they've, it's reflected by having nineteen percent of their games in there. But it, you kind of look at it, and then you look at North and Collingwood, and you go, "There's a there's a reasonable step difference between the quality of in that period." Like North, you'd say have probably got their future midfield, um, a future captain in there. You know, yep. um, they've got a key defender, a key forward, that sort of thing. The Hawks don't really have that. They've got wingers and a few midfielders and utility-type players and stuff. Um, so I guess that's the challenge for them. And, and Collingwood, you know, they do... Collingwood have quality there um, in in some stars, but they also probably need... Um, they need probably Nick Dacos to turn into what they think he is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They need him to be an absolute jet. Um so moving through to, um, I guess, the across-the-ground breakup, um, so positional depth, um, looking at the key forwards, North... Uh, sorry, I'm actually out of the scroll position. Sorry. Um, Adelaide. Adela- Adelaide have five. North have three. This is key forwards. Uh, Collingwood have six and Hawthorne have six. Um, and, I mean, this is that, that question regarding whether um, North should have gone a key position last year. Um, over Will Phillips will be continually questioned because of that um, that breakdown. Yep. Um, general forwards, nine Adelaide, six North Melbourne, eight Collingwood and six Hawthorne. Uh, again, probably forward half of the ground is somewhere that Melbourne need to, I mean, North Melbourne need to continue to address. Uh, 11 midfielders for Adelaide, 16 midfielders for North Melbourne, 14 for Collingwood and 14 for Hawthorne. So Adelaide, I mean, we'll probably come through in some of our recommendations later, going to the draft and target midfielders. And North Melbourne probably go to the draft and don't target midfielders. Um, <laughs> Rucks, Adelaide too, except that doesn't include Tilthorpe, who sits with the key forwards. Uh, Rucks, North Melbourne uh, three, Collingwood three, and Hawthorne four. So all okay um, for, for Ruck depth. Not excellent, but okay. Uh, and general defenders, Adelaide 13, North Melbourne 11, 
Collingwood 9 and Hawthorne 10. Um, this is an area that Adelaide continued to stock up on on the last 12 months um, or 12 to 24 months, say, get lots of games into guys like Shoal and other sort of smallish mid-sized backs that can run and kick. Um, key defenders, Adelaide 6, North Melbourne 5, Collingwood 4, Hawthorne 4. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much shows for us as well across the the balance where they need to be looking, um, get some more key defenders in, all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, in, in the Crows, six will be Talia, who's been cut, and uh, Jake Kelly, who's left. So, you know, that's obviously, you know, moving forward, that's only four key defenders. Um, I think it's really interesting looking at North out of all that. That's probably the one that's really jumped out at me. Um, they have a hell of a lot of midfielders, Um and, you know, sure enough, some of these midfielders can probably play forward and probably play back. Um, but, you know, they don't, they really don't have a lot of key defenders, key forwards. General forwards is a bit light. I mean, general defenders, they're probably okay. Um, but again, it, you know, it depends how much you look into the quality of that overall. Um, and realistically, that's what will hold up North's build. You know, if they've only got Larky and they've only got Ben McKay. Um, and, you know, Trish and Jerry moves into the ruck when Goldie retires or Charlie Combin doesn't come on. And it's really it's really difficult for North, I guess. Um, and especially, you know, you said last year the decision to draft Will Phillips, which you really liked. I probably was a little bit more sceptical on it. I think it's a good pick in the sense that Will Phillips is a, is a good player and will be a good player. Um, and potentially a future leader of your club. But I also sit there and say, well, you know, <laughs> have a look. You, you already – Ben Cunnington's missed a lot of football and you've kicked Shaq Zeeble out of the midfield and you've got a, you know, under-23 rolled gold midfield still. Um, yeah. So was Will Phillips needed? And especially when – and this is where forward planning and understanding the drafts coming up is really important. If there's – like Logan McDonald is an exceptional talent. There's not another one in this draft. Yep. I don't think there's one in next year's draft either. So it's hard to find. So when you pass up on a player like that, and I'm not saying you find a Will Phillips every day of the week, but I think it's easier to find a Will Phillips than a Logan McDonald. I agree with because, that. I, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think that might hurt them. Although, look, Melbourne didn't draft its two key defenders. We traded for them. There's always that option, you know, North look at their list next year and go, okay, we're happy with our midfield splits. We've got these guys playing all over the place. All right, we need another key forward. Yeah. Ben In- King's Ben King's out of contract. We've got pick four or something. There you go, Gold Coast, pick four. Yeah. Let's do I, it. I agree. I think that like if you went in two, three years' time, they ended up with the future version of what Melbourne did with Ben Brown and Stephen May you've got pillars at both ends that you can get for a 20s pick or a, a Stephen May was a first round pick, but that, that's taken care of later. So that, that might be the approach they're going for. Um, isn't, that the, isn't that the irony with Ben Brown? Yeah. What they is. need is yeah. what they let go. Yeah. But they don't need a 28 year old to keep forward. You could um, do, you could do with I agree. one. I agree. You know, I, I just, agree. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then when you look, I guess at, at Hawthorne and, and Collingwood, I, I just think, um, I think both lists in terms of their breakdowns look quite nice. Um, it's just the ages that are a worry. And, and 
in Collingwood's instance, the key forwards, it's probably the quality that's a concern. Yep. Yeah, um, I'd say the, the quality is the concern for Hawthorne's key forwards too. Um, I, look, I, I, I think that Kaczynski could be a, a very, like a, a Josh Bruce-esque forward, as in, yep. you know, he may not be the, the absolute epitome of, you know, a key forward like a, a, a Buddy or, or one of the King brothers or, you know, these guys that are taken very high. I still think he's going to be a very solid AFL key forward. And, you know, if you can get Mitch Lewis, I'm not sure about, but if you can get a key forward, a high-end key forward that can go with... Um, and they picked up Jackson Callow this year as well, which yeah, I like. Yeah, and they've got Jekka. Like, they've got a few guys that could turn into that. Yeah. It's just that they haven't drafted anyone. I mean, the same with North. Haven't drafted anyone like a Logan McDonald where you go, okay, that's our future key forward. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded. Like, if you're going to pass up on Logan McDonald, I wouldn't have minded if North had had a punt on a on a Callow or something like that. So, um, I know they've taken uh, Jacob Edwards, which we'll talk about soon. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. J- Jacob Edwards is a good example of that's a great pick. Um, they wouldn't have known Jacob Edwards was going to be available in the mid-season draft, though, or that he was going to be that good. Otherwise, they would have drafted him the year before. Yeah. So they, they've done well to snag him for free in the mid-season, but let's see how he actually ends up. Uh, looking at the key players um, now, I'm going to go to this club by club. Um, yeah. So now for Adelaide, Sloan, Smith, Laird, ROB, and Dodie. Uh, now for North Melbourne, Goldie, Cunnington, McKay, Zebel, and Simkin. Collingwood, Grundy, Adams, Moore, Dugowie and Crisp, and Hawthorne, Tom Mitchell, Wingard, O'Meara, Gunston, and Sicily. Now looking into the future for both, Shawnee, take us through. Yep, so Adelaide, um, Tilthorpe, Matt Crouch. It's a really hard one with Adelaide. We, we put Matt Crouch because he'll be a real leader at that stage and we kind of think that maybe if he's going to step up, he can he can really step up for them. Um, Fisher McCasey, they need to come on, obviously, with the loss of key position depth. ROB and Doty maintain their positions. Um, North Melbourne, LDU, Larky, um, Ben McKay stays on the list. Um, Taron Thomas comes onto the list. Geez, we're excited about him. Um, and Simkin stays on the list there. Be nice to add a, another big key forward there at some point. Well, you look, Co- at the, you look at the difference between those two sides just then. Yeah. Almost almost all keys from Adelaide with not many exciting future mids and almost all mids uh, with North Melbourne with not many exciting future keys. Larky and McKay, they're both solid. Um, not saying that McKay won't end up being a star, but it's a bit different. Did you did you just suggest a merger for North Adelaide? No, sorry, <laughs> no, just joking, joking. <laughs> uh, Collingwood, Grundy keeps his spot on the list. Um Dacos more, and, and that Dacos is Nick or Josh or both Dacos's. That's, that's that's Nick. Um, the that future. Um, and the reason I'm suggesting that is because I don't think that Josh is going to get to the same level that Nick would get to. And and I and I think given what they've sacrificed this year to get him, that they um, need him to be a star by 21. Yeah. Yep. Um, more Dugowie and Quayner. So, um. Yeah, looks good there. Again, pro- yeah, lacking probably a little bit on the keys. Um, Hawthorne was quite difficult, um, but we've gone uh, Cozzy, like we said, think he's got the potential to be a really solid player for them. 
Um, Granger Barras um, continues his development and and turns into what he should be. Warple to take over from the midfield um, as the midfield general. Um, potentially, I'd like to see probably a a more complete midfielder take that spot, um, but they don't really have it on their list at the moment. Will Day and James Sicily again. So he Sicily maintains his spot. And Will, Will Day, you know, as long as he keeps developing the way he's developing, um, I think he's going to be a, a star for sure. Um, yep. It's really interesting looking at that. Like they've all got futures, but then when you, when you look at Collingwood and Hawthorne, you can see that, you know, the youth ceiling isn't as high as the other two. But some of those experienced players, so your Sicily, Grundy, Moore, these guys, they're you know, you know, they're they're, they're already established um, I, yeah, superstars. I, well, I think yeah. that Collingwood and Hawthorne have more players that are twenty six that will still be in their future best players. So yeah, Sicily's um, is a good example of that. Wingard would be another example of a player we didn't have him there, but he would be a player. Collingwood with Grundy, Moore, Dugowie, like more players that are already twenty five, whereas. The other guys have guys like McKay, Simpkin, um, who are key players now and, and will be key players in the future. They're a few years younger than these guys. They're 23, yeah. Yeah, 23, 22. So they're a bit better age. Um, what's missing? What's, what's missing? Yeah, I mean, we can do this club by club. Um, we've tried to cover it as we go, though, as well. Adelaide midfielders um, go to the yep. draft, hit midfielders hard. Wouldn't mind them to grab another key position defender just to replace Talia. And I think Kelly leaving was potentially a bit of a, a shock, but you, you made a really good point the other day um, when in one of our conversations that Jake Kelly's the kind of guy that you want on your list, but you don't want to overpay for. And, yeah. and you know, potentially the Crows have put what they think is the right number in front of him. Um, and another club's put a number that is they think's right in front of him and it just happens to be higher. And as an unrestricted free agent, you can just go. So, yep. um, but I, I do think I'd like him to get another key position defender just as a bit of a, you know, um, a developing to yeah, take agree. over. Um, and then uh, I'd, looking at their rucks, I know they've got a few, but I'd really love them to have a look at um, the draft this year and pick the most exciting ruck available and I don't know who that is but one of the most exciting rucks available in the sense that you know he's he's probably going to go somewhere between pick 40 and rookie yeah and but his ceiling is high but he's a real long shot I'd love just grab him see if you can grab someone like that on a rookie list spot potentially put three years into him try and develop him because you know I mean, they've got Tilthorpe, but ideally Tilthorpe stays as a forward ruck. You see how powerful he is as a forward, and I think he's just going to get better. Yep. Um, he's got the he's you know he could be as good as Justin Kaczynski was for a season, unfortunately due to injury. But you know that's the kind of you know he's got this huge scope on him, Tilthorpe, and and I'd love to see him just get a rookie ruck who could potentially at some point take over. So, um, North, North, yeah. So North is. Key positions. I mean, either end would be great, but probably leaning key forward. Um, and I think that a lot of this depends on what happens with uh, Edwards because they went and got Edwards last year and whether Edwards is a future ruck or whether Edwards is a future key forward. They've got Combin, who I like as well as sort of like a ruck forward. 
Um, but they definitely need to go in and target keys. Um, I think that some of these midfielders that they have are going to slide into flanks um, eventually and wing. Um, so, yeah, just go target key positions in general um, and probably get some more forwards. Uh, more players with forward craft would be super suitable going forward. Yep. Um, Collingwood, yeah, star key, or we say star key forward, just a... a a good key forward is probably the prerequisite there um, and, and another key defender developing as well. So I think I just, you know, we'd like to see, um, you know, probably Adelaide have the, as we said, Adelaide kind of have the keys covered, North need key positions. Collingwood definitely need key positions, as do Hawthorne. Um, and Hawthorne probably also need to start looking at the future with their ruck situation. I mean, Ned Reeves looks like he could be a potential solution, um, but... I'd also like to see them probably go and get another developing ruck. And again, similar to North Melbourne, uh, sorry, similar to Adelaide, you know, it can be a real speculative pick. Ned Reeves is a real speculative pick. Yeah, um, I think and- I think that it could be more similar to like what North Melbourne have already done. Go, you get a player at least like Common um, or at least like Edwards who could be a ruck forward, like playing that role where you could be doing either um, – would might be the right option for them. So, yeah, as long as they as long as they address it in some way, shape, or form, that's a good idea. Yep. Um, trade bait. Not much from Adelaide. Um, I think Adelaide are pretty much bottomed out, as we said. And then the senior players that are with them today are going to be the senior players that stay with them for the rest of their careers. So, um, maybe Himmelberg. Um, he's sort of stuck between Frampton and. Um, Tilthorpe and Strawn Fogarty Fogarty, yeah So he, he might be squeezed out And there would be probably a couple of clubs That would throw him another opportunity um, Maybe a Hawthorne um, Like a tall uh, forward ruck type um, he, he might suit those clubs To Collingwood or Hawthorne really um, North Melbourne probably still have room to move With somebody like Jed Anderson or Pollock Jed Anderson's a good example Because he could get something back like you could genuinely get a, a a useful pick or use him as like a pick upgrade um option and you've got enough midfielders to cover him um with the youth players is coming through as well Pollock would more be um if that his cap uh if you swallow his cap maybe there'll be a club that's in the window that could use a senior midfielder that can play straight away I reckon, um, so at the moment, we can't trade salary cap space like you can in some US sports. Yeah. Um, so I guess the kind of the only way to do it is via trading an existing unfavorable contract like a Polek um, and paying part of the wage. Paying to, part of the wage, yeah. To, to get a higher pick, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Like and and this is where I'm I'm you know still befuddled by Collingwood last year that they're paying a fair chunk of Trelaw yet they pretty much got peanuts for him. Um, the you know potentially you could pay half of Polex wage. You know it was rumored to be seven hundred seven hundred fifty thousand dollar a year contract. Maybe you know North Melbourne are willing to pay you know three four hundred because they've got the salary cap space. Yep. Um, and that would potentially generate them you know, a, a mid, like a 20s pick or something for him um, rather than getting like a third rounder if someone has to take his whole contract as a as a contract dump. So, yep. you know, I'm not, and, and we're not saying that he's worth that pick. It's it's about what it's worth to the club. Polek potentially to the right club 
three at a at a three hundred thousand dollar a year contract is very attractive. Yep. Um, so I, I would say clubs like um, St Kilda, Essendon, um, maybe even GWS clubs that were around the eight and could use a experienced midfielder that can play wing um, would be useful. Yep. Um, then over to Collingwood, um, Crisp, Maynard, uh, Elliot, or Darcy Cameron. I'll probably also throw Max Lynch onto that list. Yeah. Um, sadly, I think he probably needs to move on. Geelong, you know, start looking at him, please. Um, I guess there's a bit of Collingwood being in transition, um, and the same with Hawthorne. We've put Wingard, Segler, Gunston, um, these sorts of guys, Tom Mitchell, the rumours just, you know, the paper keeps talking about the rumours. I don't think I've heard much. But, um, you know, th- those sorts of guys, naturally when your list is in this type of shape and transitioning, and especially with new coaches coming in, um, the, the guys who sit kind of 26 to 30 have got good football in front of them um, and probably don't, may, may not want to be playing at a, at a side that's going to be rebuilding for the rest of their career. Yeah, that's when I, they they start to be put on the table. I would say not like not even twenty six to thirty. Like we're talking Wingard, Segler, Gunston, Mitchell, Jack Crisp, Maynard, Elliott. At the very least, those three players all sit very comfortably in the top 10, 15 players at the club. Yeah. Um, but they are all in the back part of their career. Maybe with Maynard being the exception, um, and they're all got value to another club. Um, so you can get enough for them that it's potentially worth parting ways with them early. Yeah. The only thing that'll be interesting is that whether Collingwood want to bring in picks this year or do they trade into the future? I have no idea what Collingwood are going to do with that. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about it in this one. So current draft picks, I'll just run through them real quickly and then we can talk about trade-free agency before we actually get into what they're going to do. So... Um, current picks for Adelaide four twenty three and thirty seven, which is Melbourne's third round pick. Uh, North one twenty and thirty eight. Um, so they've kept all three of their picks. Um, Collingwood have traded out their first round pick, which would be pick two to GWS. Um, they've got. They also traded out their second round pick, um, and that was in the Trelaw trade because they got back um, Bulldogs second round pick. Um, in pick 36 at the moment. Um, and then they've got 39, 41 from... they got 39 themselves, 41 from Adelaide and 45 from Frio. Um, all the points they're trying to get to get Dacos. And Hawthorne have pick five. Um, Collingwood's pick 21 and pick 24 and no third round next year. So, um, yeah, without digging into those trades, um, I'm a little without worried. Digging those, without digging into those draft picks... Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the trades that got them the oh, draft picks. Yeah, a yeah, bit, bit worried about what Collingwood was doing last year at the trade table. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you right. want to take us through the, the trade free agency targets? Yeah, um, I'm going to start in reverse order um, because there was one club that has the most options available to them and it's because they're the earliest in their rebuild um, and that's Hawthorne. So Hawthorne, uh, well, Hawthorne are arguably further ahead than Collingwood in a rebuild. Um, but they don't have as many good young players. So that, that's why I, I'm, I'm stating it this way. They could target Chera, um, high-quality midfielder, looking to move back towards Melbourne, would step straight in and is going to be there for the next eight to ten years. So he makes sense as a target option. 
Um, there's four other players which I think all fit roles within their right age bracket and right position. Um, they are Sydney Stack, Dill Stevens, Riccardi from GWS, and Matt Kennedy from Carlton. Um, the reason Kennedy, uh, young midfielder, bull at the gate, um, out of contract because he was a delisted free agent um, last get year. Get him for Carlton. nothing. So you can get him for it without losing any picks. Riccardi, out of contract, so you would have to pay for him. Uh, Dill Stevens, out of contract. Sydney Stack, out of contract. But all of those guys are best 22 AFL footballers. Maybe not Dill Stevens. Um, he hasn't proven it yet, but he's a high talent outside running player that suits Hawthorne's game style 10 years ago um, and potentially is a player that could slot straight into that old Isaac Smith role. Um yeah, so absolutely. I would like to see Hawthorne target plays in that age bracket, but let's see. Um, Collingwood, Dill Stevens, Jared Brander, Riccardi, and Matt Kennedy. Probably mostly for them, I would be targeting Brander and Riccardi yeah, um, because they need to start filling in some of these key position spots. Uh, Riccardi would be a high potential young key position player. Brander was a former high draft pick who's a reasonable user of the ball. Um, and maybe just needs a change of club. Uh, Dill Stevens has needs, been linked. Needs a set position. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, yep. he's been played forward, back, wing, midfield. He's been played everywhere, and and we know that that doesn't help players. There's a few players like that. It's similar with Tomlinson at GWS and now at Melbourne. Like there are a few players that are just an awkward size, um, and maybe don't show enough in any position, but show a bit in every position. So hopefully for him, he sorts that out uh, for his own career. Um, Dill Stevens has also been linked to Collingwood, but I'm not sure um, that happens or if it's the right move for them or if they've got the stock to get it done. Um, North Melbourne, uh, Chera, I don't, I wouldn't target him, but he's a young, high prospects player. So um, potentially, uh, Jake Kelly would have been a good target for them um, if he hadn't have signed with. He hasn't, um, he hasn't signed yet. He can't sign. Oh, yeah, sorry. So Jake Kelly could be another target for them as a young-ish key position player, mid-career. Um, and I'd say Will Gould for either Adelaide or North Melbourne would be a reasonable option because he's effectively a five years ago Jake Kelly. A um, yep. little bit unfit, probably got a better leg than Kelly. Um, maybe will turn into an AFL player like Kelly, but let's see. Um, and Adelaide, again, Dill Stevens, uh, try to bring him home. He's indicated maybe he will be open to a move, but whether that's home or Victoria. Um, and Jordan Dawson, given that Dawson said that he wants to return back to Adelaide and they haven't been able to come to agreement on a contract in Sydney, um, we know that Binuk and the team at Adelaide will be going hard for Jordan Dawson. Yeah, um, but I mean, it sounds as if Port, you know, that's what's being reported there in the box seat. Um, makes who's sense. It, it's, who's ma- reporting ma- that though? Is it Kane Corns that's reporting that, or is it <laughs> like I mean, it puts in the puts nah, the. It's, it's it's been done by about three or four different people. So okay, it, I don't, but you never know. It might have just started with, with. It might just be the one that's that's got it. Yeah, all a lot of yeah. a lot of news these days is people reporting what other reporters have said, not actual news. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny that. Um, but yeah, but you, Jordan Dawson makes a lot of sense for them as well. Um, but yeah. Um, Looking at the NGA academies, look, um, it's really hard to, without having consistent 
um, under 18 football, it's hard to really get a good assessment of some of these guys. And and on top of that, um, you know, each year there's about 30 people listed at every club as an NGA. So trying to pick out the ones that might come um, out is a bit hard. I know that um, Isaiah Dudley from Adelaide is going to their state combine. So um, he might be a chance as a, as a late pick um, match yeah, or potentially as a rookie. rookie. Yeah. I didn't see any for North. I'm happy to be corrected by people. Um, obviously, Collingwood has the father-son in Nick Dacos, who will go pick one. Um, I, I firmly believe he'll go. He'll go pick one. Yep. Yep. Um, and there's um, I've picked out two others in their academy, just uh, purely because um, I've well, one's um, Isaac Quainer's brother, I'm assuming, uh, in Benjamin Quainer, and the other one, Yusuf Dib. I heard a little bit about it at the start of the year, but look, I don't really know much about them. So just, you know, there's a lot of players there. And Hawthorne, um, there's no one really being reported from their academy um, as, as attending the um, draft combines. So uh, now, all four of these clubs are going to be at the pointy end of the draft. Yeah, for so, a couple of years. Yeah, for a couple of years. But I mean, let's start with North. Uh, North had pick one. What are you um, doing? Bid Dacos, bid Darcy, take Horn Francis at three. Yeah. So I think it's quite funny. And th- and this is where last year not picking Logan McDonald hurts because Horn Francis is clearly, um, you know, the best non-tied player this year. Clearly. Yep. So, uh, you know, you're not you're not going to go pick Gibkiss or something here. So you're taking another midfielder. Um, mind you, the one thing we have seen... Um, Horn Francis do is he, he has been able to rest forward and kick goals. Yeah. Um, in that recent South Australia WA match, he he um, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't playing on ball um, that much. He played a lot up forward and he kicked a couple of handy goals. So you know he he has a bit of craft there. So potentially starts life in that Bailey Smith mid forward role. Um, I, I agree with you, bit Dacos. The Darcy one, I know. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the ones where. You know what the the dogs are going to match because they, that's access to a top five talent. Yeah, um, I, I, but... I think that there's enough people that see Darcy as a consensus three. Um, that if North were picking in an open draft between Darcy and Horn Francis, there would be a case for Darcy, given that they passed on McDonald last year. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think that Darcy is as good as McDonald, and I think that Horn Francis is better than Phillips. So if they ended up picking them in the wrong order, um, then that would be unfortunate for them. But I think that it's worth bidding because, as we've said, Western Bulldogs will match. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, I think that Darcy, if you got him, even if you rated him at five, he's probably a better fit for your list for yep. North. So I wouldn't be upset. Um, pick 20, um, as we've said, we want them to really go tall. So we've nominated um, guys like Jacob Van Royen. Um, I think 20 is the last pick he can be taken before he ends up as a Frio NGA player. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, do, do you mind actually going um, in pick order between okay, the yeah, clubs? Yeah. Because there's a few clubs that target the same players. So let's yeah. go over to Adelaide for pick four, which well, now has been Colin, pushed back Colin to pick six. Dacos. Yeah. So, yeah. And Darcy's um, also been matched, so it's been pushed back to six. Yep. Um, I guess for Adelaide, we're talking midfielders. So um, Callahan um, and Hobbs come into it as probably some of the next best mids um, in the draft. 
I would really like to see them get Callahan. I think he would fit them wonderfully well. Yeah, he's um, athletic as well, which Adelaide typically like. Yeah, yeah, and he he just he'll be a point of difference to what they've got at the moment. Um, and he's I think from memory he's like almost 190 centimeters. I don't know about that, but um, but I uh, either way, um, he's he he might be gone by that stage, but he's yeah, probably the player you would target. 189. Um, there you go. But otherwise, um, as you said, Hobbs. Um, maybe Erasmus and Ward are the guys that will be available at that pick um, if Hobbs and Callahan are both gone uh, and probably a bit of a speculative pick. Um, and this is this actually goes the same for Hawthorne as well, who have the following pick is Gota at this pick. I think that if there ends up being a champs, Gota comes in further. Um, I think he's a little bit far out at the moment for me. Yeah, look, and it wouldn't be surprising to see like a guy like Sonzi come in um so much is going to be based off off the the combine this year again um that you know guys who probably you know sit in that six to maybe 15 bracket um i think you know they'll get sorted out by the combine um and you know sonzi's a you know quite a nice user of the ball so yeah, I I know he's had an injury prone year, but yeah, he, he's a nice user and, and would certainly, um, I think, add a bit for Adelaide. Um, and, and look, potentially Hawthorne. Hawthorne probably would prefer Hobbs, um, but the, the other picks they can do here, um, Josh Gibkiss as a key defender would be, you know, would fit what we've said. They need another another young key. If they're looking forward, I think Jai and Miss. Um, is probably the best bet there. Um, you know, potential Jack Gunston. Yeah, yeah, a little bit bigger. Um, I really liked what I saw from a miss in that in that um, WA South Australia game. Leads at the ball, nice hands. Um, yeah, yeah. The other one is they could potentially um, address the the ruck and key forward in Mac Andrew. It's a high pick to take him, but you know if that's what they're looking for, he's certainly yep. there. Um, they're probably the ones I see at that at that range. Uh, next up, we have pick twenty, which is back to North. Yeah. So, so uh, as I said, Van Royen. Yeah. So Hawthorne and North at twenty would both look at and and Hawthorne at twenty one. Sorry, would both look at Van Royen. I think at twenty one, he he can be matched by Frio. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can never remember how that works. Um. But let's let's say that he's been matched by Frio if he's outside of twenty. Well, North might fall outside of 20 as well then because this pick might slide outside of 20. Um, yeah, true. So I think it's, yeah. So, all right, I'll talk through some of the other players that might be available then at that pick. Um, like Darcy Wilmot, um, bring in another player that can play a role. Uh, Jack Williams, uh, another tall key position player, possible ruck, Toby Conway, um, Rhett Bazo maybe is a little bit later, but I think we probably both think that he's a bit underrated. Um, so Hawthorne or North Melbourne could target any of those three. Um, the other one that I think um, probably both sides could use is the smaller forward. So someone in the likes of um, Rochelle, if he slides down to that pick, Zach Taylor, um I still really like Matt Johnson as a midfielder, so maybe more Hawthorne's pick 21. 
Yep. Um, but all around that pick. So all of those guys would be good picks for um, for Hawthorne and some of them for North Melbourne. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think Matt Johnson is a good pick for Adelaide as well. Um, yep. Wanganine Malira probably could fit uh, North Hawthorne and Adelaide being yep. a winger. Um, you know, as a specialist winger, looks to be quite a smooth move. Like good good skills there. Um, yeah, look. I'm big raps on on Matt Johnson, so I, I yeah, think he, I don't think he should be going in the twenties. But no. you know, like last year, it it's really hard to know where guys are going to sit. So um, yeah, Ranroyan is, by the way, he is definitely Fremantle NGA. So that would mean that a bit a bit at, at outside of pick twenty, so up to twenty, he goes to that club. Yeah, um, and then outside of twenty, he he will. Um, he will be going to Freo, I would imagine, because um, that match, know. yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't not match him. I think no. he's a good good player there. Um, and yeah, as you said, kind of Rhett Bazo, definitely underrated. Um, I, I would like to see Hawthorne take a, a punt on a kid like him. Baz, um, Bazo is such an interesting one because all of the September rankings, so our draft rankings will go out um, either just before or just after this episode is released as well, um, which is a combination ranking. Like he slipped in most people's rankings last month after having a really good state game. Yeah. And someone like Wangani Malero, who admittedly played a really strong game as well, came way in, um, was outside everyone's top 30 and came into everyone's top 20, um, which for a small is really different to a key position. Um, so anyway, just a... Interesting, interesting how to I, see the different ladders and draft ranks. I think it's a really fascinating trend that, that people, like I think with the success of guys like Pickett and Waitman and these sorts of guys and Caleb Daniel continuing as well. And we know that uh, we spoke a few years ago about Adelaide um, picking jo- Jones and McHenry, having a, a, a probably a feeling that they were underrated because of their size. We are seeing a lot more smaller type players, sub 180s, um, come into higher calculations and yeah. than probably that did previously, and it, it's really it's really fascinating to me because the kind of the flip side of that is that the key position guys seem to be the ones that are sliding out. I, I'm not a fan of that. I think not that, at all. I think that key position players are, they're the ones that you know, rightly or wrongly, I feel they're the ones that kind of win your flags because. At the end of the day, um, if you've got a big rampaging key forward and you don't have a, a backman to match, then that's that's the game. As long as the, mid, the midfielders, there's lots of midfielders. It's just so know. much more structural. Yeah, Structurally, you will struggle without that. And structurally, you won't struggle without that small. Um, but yeah. that, that's, that's besides the point. It is interesting as a trend. Um, wrapping up, um, what do each of them do? Um, let's Let's go through it. I mean... Adelaide probably, I think, are doing the right thing. They'll just continue to hit the draft. Um, yep. Adelaide could benefit by um, getting in some future picks. Um, they're already pretty well balanced, but if they ended up being able to turn their future third and Himmelberg into a future second from a club, I think that's a win. Um, but otherwise, just hit the draft. Um, what they're doing is working. Yep, agreed. Um, I think they're 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 a long way down the path now, so it's just maintaining that. And like we said with Geelong, don't de- you've got a plan, don't deviate. Stick yep. on it. If your plan is to go to the draft next two years, stick with it. 
then look to bring in players. Get your yep. get your contracts under control. So that's probably the big thing is now as they, they bottom out and start to look to transition back up, they need to make sure that they've got their TPP under control for future years when they are successful. So yep. North, um, I think North is in a great spot. They just need to get tools. So my my sounding advice for North is get some get some more key developing tools. Um, obviously, you're going to probably end up with Horn Francis, which is yeah, fantastic great. player. It's a good good result, but um, you definitely need some young tools. So get out there, get those. Um, and really, for North, um, I think they're kind of transition at the bottom. They need to now be looking up the ladder. I think they've they've kind of paid the pain already. So yep, agreed. Yeah, um, now's the time to transition. Yep, Horn Francis, all talls, maybe a player in the mould of a um, Jake Kelly, Will Gould, um, just as like a right age bracket type of supporter. But other than that, that's all good. Collingwood, sort your shit out. Um, date like the price that you've paid for Dacos already is way too high um, given up what would have been pick two um, and would have really forced North Melbourne into a difficult position um, on the draft if you still held that pick two or yep. could have traded that pick two to North Melbourne for uh, uh, like pick two and a future first rounder to get pick one off them um, and come out with Dacos and Horn Francis so massive mistake um, last year at the trade table need to get their shit together. Yep, and just to really illustrate it, um, with their current draft pick tally, 36, 39, 41, and 45, they, that adds up to 17.07 points. If a bid comes for Dacos at pick one, that's 2,400 points. They will be 693 points um, in the red. Yeah. Which, Still a second round pick. Yeah, what's that about pick? Uh, be around pick thirty, I reckon. Yeah, I'm not sure, um, but it's still a still a second round pick out um, that they pick, have to pick twenty seven. So it's still a pick that they have to get in this year, um, yep. which means they're probably going to cost themselves a future second to to have managed to get day cost with this pick, which yeah. Really, if they didn't worry so much about getting Dacos or getting all their picks out and they didn't worry about covering all of their losses with draft picks last year to say, hey, look at all these draft picks. This was part of our strategy all along. You could have ended up with Horn Francis, even if you didn't match a bit on Dacos, which yeah. is just as good a player. Like You would have ended up in the exact same position, but without all of the issues associated with debt. Like They've really cooked it. So sort your shit out. Get your cap under control again. They're probably going to have to shed another player, I think. To... And that's and that's where the this extra pick is going to come from, yep. I think. And and that's and you know to be honest, they need to work out do they want her because because that 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 hangover carries into next year. That's and... like tell you, tell you what, Jack Crisp home to Brisbane. He's a Brisbane boy. Get a second round pick back for him for Brisbane. It's fantastic. They get another player that's going to be a big upgrade on Birchall. Um, after Birchall's retired and Collingwood get that pick to cover the gap, but they have to deal with a loss. Um, yeah. That's just unfortunately the position they've got themselves into. Hawthorne, though, draft yeah. anything. <laughs> anything Hawthorne. and everything that moves. Hawthorne, uh, you want talls, you want smalls, you want anything in between. Um, just yeah. draft the best player available. Although I would, if 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 that 
pick five is around, so it's going to be pick seven-ish. Yep. Um, and that's that's the right range for guys like Amiss and Gibkiss and all that. I'd put the focus on the talls yep. um, at the higher end because as, you know, for a lot of your flags, pick two and pick five was Buddy and um, Ruffy. Uh, so you know that spending big at the front it pays you back at the end. So, yep. um, yeah, I think that's that's probably... Yeah, they just need to draft anything good. And, and look, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. And I don't think Sam Mitchell will be afraid to pull the trigger on transitioning some of the older players. I don't think there's any harm in in speeding up the transition for them. Um, I also think they're probably going to overperform next year and then it'll be like that that um, new coach bounce. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's probably what we do. Um, thanks, John. That was no. good. Four clubs at once. Four clubs. And I think, look, we're going to explore this format moving forward just because we know that for the last two years we haven't been able to get through all of the clubs. Um, But being able to address clubs in clumps the same way that we do draft picks, which is group everyone that does a certain thing together, um, is going to be super useful for us. So let us know what you thought of the new format. Um, Thanks again for listening and look forward to uh, the next two weeks for you, Shawnee. Grand final preparation. Um, Enjoy all of the nerves. Thanks, mate. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And, yeah, big thanks to the, everyone interacting on Twitter. It's been an interesting few days, and, and there's obviously lots of conversations coming at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very happy to be involved in those, as I'm sure Johnny is. So, um, yeah, hope everyone stays safe, uh, get your jab, and, and um, let's get, get on with opening up. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. Know when anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.